So let's read some scripture here in Matthew uh, 18. And we'll begin reading in verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Everybody say alone. And if he shall hear thee, then thou hast gained, everybody say gained, gained thy brother. And if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he neglect to hear the church, let him be to thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verse 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if, if two of you shall agree, everybody say agree. If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I've enjoyed the presence of God this morning in this place, haven't you? I thank God for it. You guys are in revival. How many want to keep it going? Amen? I may want the fire to burn. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, he said, if two of you shall agree, agree. The word in the Greek there is symphonio, symphonio, which is the root of our word symphony. Amplified version, it says, uh, if two of you will harmonize together or make a symphony together. Everybody say together. We're called to make a symphony together. Amen? Yeah, thank God for what we can accomplish in our relationship with God. You know, between us and God, there's, you know, I'm kind of an us and God. I'm a me and God person, you know. But I realize it's just me and God is not going to get the job done. It's the body. Amen? It's the body. That's how he works. He works in a body. And when we get saved, we're to be in a body, in the body of Christ. We're to be in relationship. Christianity is to be lived out in relationship. Can I have an amen? And we're to be making a symphony together. All right? So July 4th, Susan and I went to the Independence Day celebration in Mankato in our town, Riverfront Park. And um, they had a, oh, what would you call it? A kind of a blues band there. But they also had the Mankato Symphony. And how many musicians would you say they had on the stage? Maybe 60? And they made a sound. They made a sound. Okay? And, but there was not just one instrument, and they weren't just always just playing one note. They were all different, right? But they came together in harmony and made a sound, church. And that's what we need to do. Amen? Yeah, we're all different. We all have different emphasis because, and we all have different personalities. 
and we all have different ages. You know, we've got a lot of different age groups represented here. We've got male and female. Male, males and females think different, you know. Uh, evangelists think, think different from pastors. And, you know, uh, if you're in the helps ministry, you're all about, you know, let's get the job done. You think differently than someone else. Everybody has a little different emphasis. But we need to learn to come together and make a symphony for the Lord. Amen? We need to blend. Can I have an amen? And there's power in that. But, you know, it takes humility to do that. It takes humility to realize, you know, my way is not the only way. My thoughts are not the only thoughts. We have to, you know, come in agreement. In agreement. Um, That's what we do when we make Jesus Lord of our life. We come in agreement with God. Yeah, I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. Jesus died for my sins. I accept that. And now, Jesus, you are my Lord. And we come into that agreement. The scripture said that we, with God, we are to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful who promised. The word profession means to speak the same thing. We need to speak the same thing as God speaks. We need to say what God says. We need to agree with God. Amen? And that's how we can have his power in our life. Can I have an amen? Amen. And so Jesus is here talking to his disciples and talking to them about this power of agreement, how that if they would agree as touching anything that they ask, it will be done. There's going to be power in prayer as we come into unity and harmony. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, we'll agree on uh, X, Y, Z, you know, but, you know, everything else doesn't matter. But you see, we need to live in harmony. We need to walk together in harmony. That's why the scripture said in in 1 Peter, you know, husbands, uh, honor your wives. Give honor to them as the weaker vessel that your prayers be not hindered. Because you see, if we're out of harmony with our wives, it's going to cause a problem in our family. There's going to be disharmony, disunity, and it's going to diffuse the power of God in our lives and keep us from having success in prayer. So we need to be in harmony. The same thing in the local church. There needs to be harmony. There needs to be unity. How many families have been destroyed by disharmony, disunity? Strife and division, jealousy. How many churches have been destroyed by these things? How many businesses are destroyed because of disharmony, disunity? Folks, we need to learn to come together. Amen? I know several years ago, Susan and I started praying together uh, each morning. And we've noticed uh, a great change in that. We're coming into harmony. We haven't arrived yet. You know, I'm probably not easy to harmonize with. Of course, Susan is. She's easy to harmonize with. But, you know, we were in harmony before that in a general sense, but we weren't quite in tune. How many hear what I'm saying? Praying together helps you to tune up together, to harmonize together, to pray, you know, get your hearts together. We found it to be a very powerful thing. God has been bringing us into alignment because there we are praying 
and as you pray, you know, you're listening to the Spirit of God, and so God is sort of fine-tuning you for His purposes. And there's a much greater power, I think, in our marriage, in our life, in our ministry because of those things. And we found that we, you know, we really need that, look forward to it, and depend upon that, that relationship praying together. Sometimes if I'm out traveling, most of those days we'll spend some time on the phone praying because we found it to be so useful. Amen. There's power in unity. And it's very destructive when, when there's not. Now, I want to just talk a little bit about this 18th chapter. We don't want to take the time to read the whole thing. But just to note the flow of this chapter, because it's very interesting. In the very beginning, uh, the, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? So they want to know, who, who's the greatest? And so Jesus gets a little child, sets it on his knee, says, this one's the greatest. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, humble yourself like this little child. Everybody say, humble yourself. You know what causes so much disunity and disharmony many times, oftentimes? Maybe every time. Pride. Pride. You know, the scripture said, only by pride comes contention. The Proverbs said, only by pride comes contention. I mean, you think about it, when you get your feathers rustled, ruffled, <laughs> it's pride in operation. Amen. So they want to know, who's going to be the greatest? Jesus said, this little child. Humble yourself like this little child, and you'll be great. And then he begins to talk about little children and how important they are. And he says, don't offend the little children. You know, uh, be careful about that. Woe is to, to the person that causes offenses. You know, if your eye offend you, pluck it out and so forth. And, and then verse 10, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say that in heaven, their angels always do behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. God's interested in people. But Jesus realized, looking forward into the work of God through his church, that there would be offenses, there would be difficulties, there would be um, contentions, there would be problems. How many know when you get humans together, it happens? It doesn't matter if it's a church or a business <laughs> or a family. You know, it's work to get along. Can I have an Amen. And Jesus, looking prophetically, you know, into the future, into what the church would be, realized that this is an important issue that had to do vitally with the success of the mission. And he goes on, and in the 11th verse, he says, For the Son of Man came to do what? Seek and to save the lost. Jesus is interested in souls. And then he gives the story about the the shepherd that left the 90 and 9 to go after the one, he's talking about evangelism here. He's talking about the need for people to be saved. So he's talking about little children. He's talking about not offending little children. He's talking about reaching the lost. And then he comes into this discussion where he's going to lead to the talk about agreement. And then after he talked about agreement, then he gives the story about the fellow that had this great debt and, you know, the nobleman forgave him the great debt. 
And he was going to be thrown into jail for his debt, and he was forgiven at all. And he says, oh, wow, I'm forgiven. Isn't this great? And then he goes out and he finds his friend, and he takes him by the neck and says, pay me that money you owe me. And when the fellow didn't have anything to pay, he says, throw him in jail. Well, when the nobleman heard about it, he says, no, throw you in jail. And Jesus said, you have to forgive others if you want my heavenly Father to forgive you. See, the gospel is about love and forgiveness. I said the gospel is about love and forgiveness. So if we get away from love and forgiveness, then we get away from the gospel. That's why one of the most important things that you have to do in your life is to walk in love. Oh, thank God for spiritual gifts. Thank God for beautiful buildings. Thank God for all the things that we can do. But the the thing that you need to make your great quest in life is to walk in love towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen. To walk in love towards your family. To walk in love to the people of this world. I came in and I caught the testimony about someone you had ministered to as a church. And they were so blown away that they're getting this food from the ladies of the church. That's Jesus in action through you. That's wonderful. In Nepal, as I mentioned, our ministry had an opportunity to help to send relief to the folks in Nepal. Well, the church that's ministering in Nepal, I mean, not just the group that we're working with, but we're hearing these reports all over in Nepal that things are turning around because the church in Nepal went out and met needs of people that didn't know anything about Jesus. But they saw Jesus through the actions of the people. Through the love of the people, they saw a reality. And instead of being animosity and persecution and all these things, people are coming to the Lord because they're seeing love in action. They say, well, this is something different about these Christians. Amen? Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples because you have love one for another. Can I have an amen? Because Jesus, looking ahead into these days that we're living in, talks about the power of this agreement, how when we agree, man, we're a force for God. When a group of Christians can agree, see, that's what you're doing with these barn revivals. You're agreeing, and you're going for it, and you're doing it, you know. That's so powerful. When a bunch of Christians can agree, there's great power in that. It's tremendous. But he also saw, hey, there's going to be some, there's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some things that come up. So Jesus gave a prescription. This is so important that he gave a prescription about how to deal with offenses and trespasses. He says, if your brother trespasses against you, go to him alone. If somebody does you wrong, talk to him about it. It doesn't say if somebody does you wrong, start a gossip session about it. Talk to all your friends about it and say, tell them how frustrated you are, but never tell the person. <laughs> no, he says, go to the person individually. Amen. You know, and 
Well, I just want us to think about this. How often do we as Christians actually do this prescription of Jesus? Jesus said, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do the things I said. This is in the Bible. Just as much as go into all the world, preach the gospel, it's his instruction. Now it got quiet. But how often do we actually follow his prescription to go to them alone, and then, if that doesn't work, get one or two others. If that doesn't work, go to the church. You know, how, how often are those steps actually taken to deal with offenses and trespasses and problems in the church? But Jesus, this is what Jesus said to do. This is the way to fix it. <laughs> but so often what happens is somebody gets offended and they say, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Or they start gossiping and creating division in the church. And there's hurts and there's offenses and it multiplies and it gets worse and worse. And Jesus is concerned about the lost because the lost looks at the church and, and says, where's the love? Jesus is concerned about the little ones, the children. How many children have been offended because we in the church have not done it the way Jesus said to do it? You know, I was thinking back on my own life. You know, I was... I was raised, my mother took me to church. My dad was not a church-going man. But uh, we, we went to church. My mom and I went to church. Uh, and uh, I went to Sunday school, and I heard the gospel. And then my mom got offended in that church. She got offended by something that the leadership did. Now, I'm not going to say my mom was right or they were right. I, I think there was some error probably on both parts. But she left that church, and she went to another one, and I never connected in that new church, so I quit going to church. It was probably, I was probably 10, 11 years old. Well, it wasn't too long. I wasn't going to church. I was a teenager, and I was a rebellious teenager, and I got into a lot of sin, and my life went down the wrong trail. And it was not until I was 27 years old the Spirit of God got a hold of me and I, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And I was thinking, that's, that's what happens. That, that's why we're not making more progress. Or one of the reasons. is because the church isn't making a symphony. <laughs> Amen? I believe God has better things for us. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Or on the way, stop at John 17, because I want you to see the heart of Jesus. John 17, 21. This is Jesus' great intercessory prayer before he went to, to, to his father before he died on the cross for our sins and went to our Father. And I'm just going to read the one verse out of it, but 
John 17, 21, praying for us. Everybody say, this is for me. That they all may be, what? One. As thou, what's as mean? Like thou, Father, art in me. How many believe Jesus and his Father were in harmony? They were together. He prayed for us that we would be together, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus prayed for us that we would be one like the Father and the Son are one, that we would have that same unity. For what purpose? That the world may believe that you have sent me. that they may see the reality of a church that's living in harmony, living in the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in oneness. Amen. And, you know, sometimes our offenses, they really aren't so important. (laughs) Amen. I mean, I realize there's times where there's trespasses and they need to be dealt with, but sometimes what happens, somebody gets a little offended and then they start jibber-jabbering, amen, and causing more troubles, more divisions, and they inflame their own hearts, and, you know, we need to grow up. I'm preaching to myself, amen. We need some more maturity. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and... Verse 21, I believe. Or no, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, in other words, I implore you, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all do what? Speak the same thing. Speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. How many? No No divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Don't even allow any division. It's so crucial that we learn to walk in harmony and unity. He said, speak the same thing. It's the same thing we're supposed to do with God. You know, speak what he said. So he's called us to be in that harmony. Now, the church at Corinth... They were an exceptional church. They had spiritual gifts. They spoke in tongues. But they lacked some things in their love walk. Notice the third chapter, what he says. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren... Now, what's that mean, brethren, there? Hmm? Christians. He's talking to Christians. How many see he's talking to Christians? Okay. Talking to How many know Christians aren't perfect? How many of you Christians here are perfect? Raise your hand. None of us have arrived. Amen. That's why we need to give one another a little leeway. Can I have an amen? Uh, cut me some slack, folks. <laughs> you know. But we're brethren. And I, brother... <clears throat> 
brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual. Okay, they spoke in tongues. We think, oh, if you speak in tongues, you're really spiritual, right? He says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, which means fleshly minded, even as unto babes in Christ. You're like babies. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet carnal, whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Somebody said, well, I, I walk like a man. Yeah, well, you know, isn't that normal? No. You're not supposed to walk like everybody else. You've got the Spirit of God living in you. Christ is in you. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to forgive like Jesus forgave when he hung on the cross and they were nailed him there. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're to manifest the Spirit of Christ because you're different. Amen? Now, baby Christians, they can't do that. But as we mature and we develop, we can. Amen? We let Christ work his character and his personality in us so that we can love the unlovable, so we can forgive, so we can give grace to one another, so there can be healing in our relationships, health in our homes, blessing upon our homes and our churches and our businesses. Amen? Oh, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the ointment upon the beard that flowed down upon Aaron's beard. It's like the dew upon the mountain. It's the refreshing. How I many know what I'm talking about? When, when there's that love in the relationships and that harmony. Oh, it's sweet. It's good. Can I have an amen? Let's go over to James. And chapter 3. And you know, I would encourage you to, you know, the first, the first passage was in Matthew 18. I would encourage you to, in your next time, you have a quiet time. Time to let the Lord speak to your heart. Read Matthew 18. Just read it and let the Lord talk to you about it in your own life. How many of you have a quiet time with the Lord? It's good. It's good to read the scriptures because he talks to us through the scriptures. Amen? Um, Susan and I just had a situation we went through yesterday. And we were talking on the way out how she was talking about the scripture that she read in the morning. Helped her with that situation. And she felt, you know, the Lord helps us through his word. So take time to read Matthew 18 and just sort of absorb that. And then also, same thing with James chapter 3. We won't read the whole chapter, but read chapter, uh, the third chapter of James and let the Lord speak to you. I, I want the Lord to go beyond what I'm saying today and to go into your heart and just speak to you. But if you notice in uh, James chapter 3, he, he talks about don't be many masters. In other words, he's talking about... Uh, don't try to be a teacher. Don't all be the conductor, <laughs> you know. But, and he talks about offending with the mouth and how important the tongue is. It turns the ship this way and that way. And, and you can turn things in your family by the things that you say. 
scripture come to mind about uh, in Proverbs when uh, a wise woman builds up her house, but one that's not so wise tears it down. How does a woman tear down her house? With the words that she speaks. Okay? Same with men. We can tear down, we can tear people down with the words that we speak, or we can build people up. Very important how you use your tongue. Amen. He said here, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an unruly evil in verse 8, full of deadly poison. It's like a piercing sword that cuts, that causes friends to be separated. It brings negative influences or it can bring positive influences. I pray that the words I'm speaking to you today will be a positive influence upon your life and a blessing to your life. I pray that the words that we speak to one another will heal and bless. Can I have an amen? Amen. Then he said, Therewith bless we God, even the Father. Therewith curse we men, which are made out of the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. You know, when we've got the negative flow coming out of our mouth towards people, and then we've got this, trying to have this positive flow towards God, there's a pollution. You know, your relationship with people will have an effect on your relationship with God. I don't know, I've ministered to a lot of people, you know, one-on-one counseling and things like that, and you see, so oftentimes somebody will, some event in their life will cause them to be angry. And maybe justifiably so. I mean, you, you couldn't argue with them necessarily that, that they've been wronged. They, they were wronged. But yet, they didn't deal with it right. They didn't take it to the Lord. And they didn't let the Lord heal their heart. And they didn't, they didn't forgive. And then the next thing you know, they're mad at somebody else. And then they're mad at somebody else. And then there's, there's this, this stuff going on in their family. And then there's stuff. And it just spreads. It's like a cancer. And then pretty soon they're mad at God. It's bitterness. So you really got to ask the Holy Spirit. No man can tame the tongue, but let the Holy Spirit control your output. <laughs> Amen. And then, and then it goes back to the heart, having the heart of Jesus. And I found one of the best things that you can do, and I mean, it, it can be really tough to overcome offenses. I know, because I've had it. But one of the best things I found is just exactly what Jesus said. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. And that despitefully use, that's old English for abuse you. Pray for those that abuse you. Pray for those that abuse you. Yeah, pray for those that abuse you. Pray for those that abuse For those that abuse you. For. Not against where we shared about the Jesus' method to deal with trespasses and offenses. The purpose is restoration. Remember what he said? He says, go to your brother alone, and if he hear you, you have gained your brother. It's not to shun someone or put them out of your life or get them out of the way. Everybody's important. Even those of us who miss it. Every single one of us is important. So the goal is restoration and healing. And so we all have part of this in our individual lives, but we also have a part of this in the life of the body. What are we going to do when someone comes to us 
and says this and this and this and this. And this. Yes, you're right, dear brother. Yes, you, you've been greatly with it. Or do you give them the word? <laughs> you know, do you help them? See, we need to sort of have self-discipline, but we also need to help one another to control our tongues and, and to have the right attitudes in, relation, in, in relationship and the right speech. We need to help one another, amen? Especially as you mature in the Lord, you've got to help someone to see, okay. And I think that's why maybe Jesus said, get one or two others, because what's going to happen? You go, okay, I've gone alone. Let's get one or two others. And the next one, and you go to that one, and they say, yeah, can you go with me to talk to someone? And they go, uh, boy, that's pretty tough. So, you, you, I mean, you really have to make a case. And they might say, well, what you're saying is, I don't know, because it might be some of your fault. And, 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 you know, the whole thing is, God doesn't want us to live with offense. Because it brings such a destruction and the great potential of the church is thwarted and hindered. You know, we have, we have the Holy Spirit, the greatest power in the universe. And the only thing the devil can do to keep us from conquering, <laughs> taking the world for Jesus, is to get us pulling different directions. Can I have an amen? Amen. I know this is a little somber today after you guys had this great revival. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I felt led to talk about. So maybe there's a reason, you know. So, because God wants to build on what you're doing, see? And this is a very, very important area. Look at, uh, now look down to uh, verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Who is? He's asking a question. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Who's got some wisdom here? Let him show. In other words, demonstrate out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. In other words, let him live out the wisdom of God. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. You know, he talks about the person that has bitter envying and strife in their heart, and then he says, this wisdom. The wisdom of this bitter envy and strife. I mean, you could make a good case, maybe. But it's wisdom from beneath. How many hear what I'm saying? It's destructive wisdom. It's not God's wisdom on the situation. I mean, how many ever had a situation, you know, you're at odds, you're, you're at odds with somebody, it's at work. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with the church, but you're just button heads. And they say something that's just, you know, and you go, whoa, well, I can you know. And pretty soon it's, you know. Let me get what I'm talking about here. But you know, many times somebody will say something like that, and there's a word from God. Scripture said, a soft answer turns away wrath. That you can speak a word 
that really will pierce the situation. It's not being a doormat, but it's just a word of healing. The reason we act the way we do is because, you know, there's some reason. I mean, there's something in our life, you know. And so it it isn't always we need a fist, you know. We need some, we need the word of the Lord. The wise person has that word of the Lord that'll bring peace in the situation. How many are getting something out of this today? Is this okay after a revival? Hallelujah. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. It's not inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's inspired by the devil working through our flesh to bring strife, envying and strife. For where envying and strife is, what? There is confusion and every evil work. That's why I wonder how they ever get anything done in Washington, D.C., Because where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Well, they're not doing too good. And this is exactly why. But, but, got some good news for, for you folks. But, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. God has got some good input for you in that situation, in your relationship. How many think God can help us to love one another? God can help us to forgive and walk in harmony. God can help us to tune up our instruments and make a harmonious sound. Hallelujah! Oh, I feel like jumping. Hallelujah! Can't get very high, but hallelujah. Think of it. The church in harmony. Giving a concert. Hallelujah. Taking this gospel to the world. And you were talking about the barn revivals expanding. I just see that in the spirit. Going here, here and there, here and there, here and there. And what happened when you had your barn revival? church started. And something was initiated. Initiated. And you said, some of those people didn't come. You know how many times they asked me to come to church before I ever came? (laughs) You just keep keep it up. Might have to have some of them over for dinner. Give them a beefsteak. Just tell them your testimony. Say, hey, you should come over to church. That's what they did to me. Gave me a beefsteak or something. I think it was a roast beef, wasn't it? We were vegetarians, but we ate it. They said, why don't you come? The evangelist is coming to our church. I said, oh, I guess. Our lives got changed. Oh, I'll tell you what. You guys, you have so much potential in your lives. You have so much 
Holy Ghost power potential in your lives, in your church. You, you, this church, man, this church can turn this region around. Oh, I tell you what. Let's put the devil on notice. Amen. You're getting out of here. You're getting out of our relationships, out of our lives, out of our families. Go, devil, go. Amen. We're walking in love. We're walking in harmony. We're making a joyful sound to the Lord. Amen. First Peter, then peaceable, gentle, gentle, gentle. We've got to be gentle. It's easy to get offended. But it takes a mature Christian to walk in love and deal with things properly. Amen? And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The fruit is sown, we sow seeds of righteousness by those who make peace. When you say, oh, I'm rising above this, I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm not going to be a war maker. Amen. I'm not going to be neutral. I'm going to be a peacemaker. That's what I'm going to be. I am going to be a peacemaker. You'll see God. You'll see God in your life. He'll be all over your life. God will bless you so much. Out of the secret place, he'll bless you so much. Peace, 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 peace. Peace to our soul. Peace to our being. Peace with God. Peace with one another. Harmony. It's attainable. God's the conductor. He's getting us in tune. Amen? To be really an effective orchestra for him. We are his poema. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. There's so much for us in Christ. There's so much he has for, for you as a church, as a group. So much he has for your families. So much healing he has for you in your life. And then he makes you an instrument of that healing. Harmony. Harmony is coming. Harmony in Jesus' name. A very, very powerful oneness. But we've got to do it the Lord's way. We've got to do things according to the scripture. Amen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the awesome things that, that you've done in our lives. I, I thank you, Lord, that you've taken me through many things, Lord. You've shown me many things. I've missed it many times, Lord. This sermon's for me. But it's for all of us, Lord. You want to do so much. Jesus said that they may be one as the Father and I are one. 
that the world may know that you have sent me. Thank you, Lord. You want us in fellowship with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at tomshanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.